Hello and welcome back to the Spook House. It's time for our long overdue Halloween 45 slash LA week-long extravaganza. Doug is dancing. He's feeling it. It's a late night. Uh, (laughs) This episode has been postponed so many times, but, you know, we finally got our schedules to line up. So here we are. We're going to talk all about it. My name is Phil. This is my lovely co-host, Doug Rohan Campbell. I apologize for everything. <laughs> Galliardo. <laughs> he's my he's my favorite human being. And I, I will not deny that. I will shit on the movie the whole time, but never Rohan Campbell. Rohan Campbell is the sweetest dicked man I ever I ever saw. Sweetest what? He seems like he has a pretty sweet dick. <laughs> 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 okay i was like did i hear that right what the just fuck? the way he carries himself you know you know he's got a big honker down there. <laughs> <laughs> all right you, you heard it here first rohan campbell great actor better dick <laughs> <laughs> not that i know from experience but you know he was gonna carry the torch for michael myers and they they dropped the ball on that well hey we've always said we've never like trashed his acting or anything like that we've always said he was good in what he was given but he was just given a shit script which is kind of unfortunate yeah and it's it's a shame that they didn't really run with something different and new but because rohan campbell i will this man i'm you saw me at the convention i was you were flustered i was was obsessed with this guy Well, we're going to get into all that. We literally have so many things to talk about. So this episode is probably going to be like Stranger Things length long. I hope not, but. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Phil said late, but it's only nine o'clock. Well, you know, it's not like late, late, but this is around the time of the night where I'm like, okay, time to start shutting my brain off. But it's Grandpa Phil late. Got to. Get it how you fit it, I guess. Um, we didn't, and honestly, when we were in California, we didn't like stay up crazy late any night. No, not really. Even with the jet lag and the time change, I mean, I, I got to be honest, I miss sleeping in a tent every night in the backyard. <laughs> you really made that backyard your own. That was like your own little studio apartment out there. The air mattress was wonderful. Yeah, so we stayed with one of my longtime friends, John. Shout out to John if you're listening. Thank yeah, you so John much for yeah, John and Brenna and their lovely dog Bessie. Bessie, who would, yeah, who would um come out to the tent every morning and put her little snoot up to the tent. I don't know if you've ever booped a snoot through a tent before. <laughs> it's the cutest shit ever. <laughs> and I would. She un- was kind of. She was kind of being a little slut. She like went. From- <laughs> The couch with me, she was like resting her snoot on my butt through the fleece. She'd do that for a little bit, and then she, I'd hear her go through the doggy door, and I'm like, all right, she's going to fill. She'll yeah. be back eventually. Then I would unzip the tent. She would <laughs> hop right up, and I would go right back to sleep. It was great. Might be the best part of the trip, having that dog just run around the house and have that have that uh, distressor there for us. But yeah, um Sleeping in the tent, had a a nice air mattress, comforter, pillows. I slept great. 
I mean, it got pretty cold at night, but yeah, you were wearing uh there's a couple mornings where I came out and you were wearing like a full on beanie. Oh, you had to beanie and socks after that. You're good with the comforter. So, I, and you, you usually sleep with an eye mask on. I feel like if I slept with a hat on, I would get too like distracted. Like I would feel it on me and I would get annoyed because I usually sleep like butt ass naked. So like anything on me while I'm sleeping besides comforters or like blankets would be like really weird. Well, when it gets that cold out there, you kind of have to, but I got to say, I miss hearing the traffic of the one Oh one at night. Like, the first few nights, it was a little like, wow, that's pretty loud. But after a while, it just became ambient noise. Very in my, relaxing. In my first night back in my apartment, I was like, this feels off. Like, it's too quiet in my room. It's too dark. It's, it's not lit up by the moonlight. Yeah, it was. Uh, and that was, this was your first time in California. So everything was completely brand spanking new for you. Yeah. Um. First time in California. Where do we start with the trip, Doug? Who? Uh, I mean, Being we can talk the- about our. We. I. I kind of want to talk about the whole trip from top to bottom. <laughs> All right. Well, you made a little list of things. So, well, the I first did. thing on the list should be we were dead ass tired the entire, especially the first day. I mean, that was brutal because I had like a. Let's see. I must have got up at like five a.m. for my flight in North Carolina. Mm. flew to california and forced myself to stay awake until like 11 or something 12 yeah yeah something like that we didn't even really force or are you talking about the first night in california yeah first night doug's checking his notes because i don't yeah i was like wait let me check um yeah i um i don't really remember us forcing ourselves but i know we were planning on so we were planning on going to like we wanted to keep it real low key for the first day because we knew we would be literally brain wrecked. Like Phil even got six hours of sleep, which is my usual. I got two hours of sleep, Oof. <laughs> and but Phil took sleeping pills. I was just on like pure adrenaline. I tried going to sleep at like I literally went into bed at like ten o'clock precisely. I don't think I went to bed until I don't know two maybe my body just wouldn't it was the mixture of excitement and anticipation yeah and i woke up at like 4 30 so i think i got like two hours two and a half maybe and uh i i'd never wear like sunglasses but like i was the sunglass fucking kid on this trip <laughs> i don't want to see any sunlight that morning <laughs> i have my my maniac shades on the joe spinels over here hey I was rocking these on the plane. So originally Phil was supposed to get there. Um, like, tw- like 45 minutes before my flight arrived, we yeah. tried to get like matching flights uh, and it wasn't that bad. And then I, I got to the airport stupid early. Like I texted Phil. I'm like, yo, I'm here. What's up? Good morning. Yeah. <laughs> How is your, how is your brain? <laughs> and, uh, originally my flight was eight o'clock, but this was during the state of emergency rain that didn't quite happen yet. So my flight got delayed to eight thirty eight, And then I was in the airport, like zoned out looking to get a bagel or something. I didn't want to take my Zola off that early. This is getting very detailed. 
Hope we're, you guys we're, appreciate it. We're getting everything. We're getting yeah. everything. We're scraping the bottom of the barrel. All right. Because we were at the bottom of the barrel that day. That's what it fucking felt like. Uh, we were literal sewer excrement. But I was walking past one of the boards and I saw that there was a seven. A, I literally got through security in eight minutes. And I saw there was a flight to L.A. at 7 a.m. And I went up to the help desk. Help desk. Sure. That, what, that was called the fucking airport. Yeah, that'll work. <laughs> Help desk. <laughs> but the very nice gentleman, I asked him if I could switch my flight, if there was any space on the earlier flight. He click clacked away in the computer. And I was out of there in 20 minutes. Nice. And, and I it only when you said you were going to get an earlier flight, too. But I don't think that worked out. Uh, It was like, again, very specific. 7.55 a.m. <laughs> direct flight to California. <laughs> Hell yeah. So, we, yeah, finally land and we had to get the rental car. We had to eventually meet up, which that was a whole journey in <laughs> itself. And um, waiting, oh, an hour to rent the car. So long story short, we finally rent the car, head to John's. And what I yeah. found funny was when we were on the on the line waiting to because uh, we had to take a shuttle bus from the airport to Hertz. Right. And we rented it through Thrifty. It's like a bunch of little, like, little, I hate this word, but I'll say it, kiosk. There's too many K's in that word, kiosk. Uh, <laughs> All right. Too many K's pushed together. Uh, it's like they're titty fucking the vowels. Uh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I found it funny how people kept asking us questions. Like, we were like the mayor of Hertz. That one lady was like, the minutes on my phone, what do, do you guys know? what to do you're like i yeah this is my first time doing this i have no idea yeah it's like you're in trouble if you're asking us for help i mean <laughs> we tried our best but yeah i'm like yeah I don't, I don't know we were just trying to think outside the box for her but she was she just looked very confused i felt bad um did we do we did halloween horror nights the second night right the second night on yes. the on the twenty seventh, which was the Wednesday. So the first night we just kept it low key, and we went yeah. out to dinner with uh, John, Brenna, and Vanessa. Was yeah. Gucci homegirl? Uh, Big shout out to Vanessa. We hung out with her for like I don't know how many days, three or four or something, and very cool listener of the show. She has uh, the frightful. Uh, clothing line so check that out but hell yeah she was she was the best she was rolling with us the whole time dealing with our stupidity including to halloween horror nights what was your favorite maze of the night uh, aside from the escalators because that was a maze <laughs> in and of itself uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> did you did you know it was that high <laughs> because I sure didn't. What, your anxiety or the escalators? Both. No, no. Oh. <laughs> My anxiety was actually pretty fine. Ah, uh, like, well, okay. So whenever you're going up to Universal Studios, you know, you're driving on the street. And then to get to the parking garage, it goes up a, a pretty large hill. And that's when you started. That was like the first sign of trouble. You're like, <clears throat> holy shit, that's a that's a high road. How high does this go? Wait, so we're going to walk. We got to, where do we walk once we park? And you were just like starting to freak out. And you're like, I'm getting really hot. 
I was like, yeah. so take off your hoodie. You were like, no, but it's comforting. <laughs> so I'm like, shit, uh, this is going to get, yeah. It was the first time that I had, um, like, I've heard you talk about this stuff, but I've never seen it happen. Yeah. It usually, it's usually a lot worse because the Zoloff definitely helped calm things down because I'm so familiar with the anxiety that it wasn't happening. Like the usual stuff wasn't happening. Like I was getting hot because I was just working myself up because that's what I usually do. And then I start, my vision starts getting weird and I start not breathing. But like with the Zoloft, I was able to breathe. Okay. And my eyesight was okay. So enough oxygen was getting to my brain. So I could, it was just the initial like shock because as you can tell, I was asking you neurotic questions <laughs> and very detailed things like how far is the fucking because you went to go Phil went to go look to see if there were any escalators to go down instead of like this the stairs on the side of the parking garage which would have like not been uh, encapsulated so you would be able to see outside which is my big issue right and I'm like how far is the walk to the escalators I was asking all types of crazy questions <laughs> uh, and I was like uh I mean, I, I was trying to be like supportive and also like, well, how do I, how can I help you the best? And I was like, all right, um, me and Vanessa are going to go find an escalator. We'll get it sorted out. And eventually we did. And yeah, like uh, you have a thing about escalators too. So that was a hurdle to get over. Well, eventually we made our way down. Um, thankfully you had the fast passes. If you ever do Universal Studios, get the Fast Pass. That's the only way. Otherwise, yeah. you'll be waiting yeah. for like two hours as opposed to maybe 20 minutes tops to go through a maze that may or may not be good. I mean, most and it will of them only were, be like three and a half minutes or less. Yeah. I mean, most of the mazes were really well done, especially like the production value of everything, the amount of detail that goes into the sets. And yeah, I got to say, what was your favorite one? You know what? Maybe it's because it was the first one we went through, but I think the exorcist believer might've been the best maze. I I would agree with you. That was my favorite one. And (laughs) we're going to hold our thoughts on the movie, (laughs) right? Doug, (laughs) because we're going to do a whole other episode about it. Yep, not saying a word. <laughs> not saying a word, keeping it to myself. We spoke about it a little bit. It'll be a somewhat divisive episode. Uh, well, just a little little sound bite here. I didn't think it was as bad as people wanted it to be, or as some people are saying that it is. Doug fucking flat out hated it. Uh, so. I hated it just because I will say this one little thing. I just hated it because it was so unnecessary. That I'll agree with. Yeah. Because it didn't add anything. Okay. I'm going to go on a tangent. So I want to stop now. Okay. (laughs) I have to stop. (laughs) Self-control, baby. Yeah. And I texted you afterwards. I was like, I didn't hate it. I mean. And and I don't fault you for it because. It's not amazing or anything, but I, it wasn't the shit show I was expecting. No, it wasn't like. I mean, that's that's the thing. I, I it wasn't like Halloween ends level bad, no. but the, it was just it was 
a retread of Halloween ends kind of sort of just yeah. it said the exorcist in it and two girls were possessed instead of one and Pazuzu wasn't named even though he's back in action but like where are the stakes sorry I <laughs> hey everybody it's about community we just all gotta come together Evil they're all saying their different prayers it's like what the fuck is going on all right, and that's our sneak preview of The Exorcist. But I choose you, Kimberly. Shut up. <laughs> Hacky die. That dude can't. I stick to comedy. <laughs> All right, but the maze at Universal Studios was pretty good. So was, much better than the movie. Yeah. Was that the maze where there was one point where I legitimately got? I was like, "Fuck, you got me." Like, it scared the shit out of me. So, actually, I do have it on video of the two times that got you. It wasn't in the Exorcist maze. Uh, There was one cool little, like, optical illusion trick in the Exorcist maze, though, that was really cool. Like, they had it looked like the actors were, like, walking in this big glass room. And then the lights flickered off and it was just like the wall. Yeah, that was was, like some kind of projector trick. It looked really it looked really real. Yeah, it was badass. Very realistic. And uh, yeah, just the way they jumped out in that maze, I think things were placed like very well and the actors were placed at certain points. And event- we went through that maze pretty fast just because, I mean, we didn't really know how to walk through a maze like that. But eventually we like slowed up and like, because people were getting scared. Like we saw people get scared and we were right. like right behind them. So we didn't get the scare. Right. So then yeah. like Phil was like slowly crip walking through the through the maze and we were right behind <laughs> him on tippy toes. But the maze where you got freaked out the first time was that uh that like holidays of horror maze. Oh yeah. I forgot about that one. They also you got they, creeped out by the bunny. <laughs> yeah, they have like uh that's right, because I was like turning around to say something to you, yeah. and as soon as I turned back around, he was like, BAM. I was like, fuck. <laughs> You were throwing your hands up like your fucking football team made a bad play and you threw down the playbook. You're like, oh, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. And um, in the Chucky maze, which had the <laughs> long dude had the longest line. I mean, we had fast pass and we had to have stood there for like an hour. It felt like it felt that way. It felt like we were in fucking quicksand. Yeah. And we were very tired because this was the second night. And this was one of the last mazes that we did. And um, yeah. So while we were in line, we were like, do you think is Child's Play the most overrated franchise of all time? I I think we were like, yeah, kind of. Out of all the horror icons, if you compare popularity to substance. I would say, yeah. Child's Play is definitely the franchise that went off the rails the quickest. Yeah, I still haven't watched the uh, the new season. Yeah, I'm. I, I don't know where this. Uh, and, and people really are ride or die for for Chuck. Yeah, which is fine. Like everyone has their favorite horror icons and stuff like that. People like resonate with his like menacing type of type of personality. I just never connected with it that much. I like the first three movies. But like, if you put them up against like, see the first three Texas Chainsaws or the first three Halloweens, I'll pick 
all those over all, over the first three child plays. Yeah. But the maze was okay. Phil got that, that mean 18-inch squirt right in the eyeball. <laughs> yeah, so at one point, a Chucky, one of many Chuckies, pops out and squirts water. And Which I don't Phil know, did not know. <laughs> I don't know if it's it's intended to, like, you just get a little bit of water on you, but I saw Chucky come out in a just a jet of water hit me right in the eyeballs like right in the face but you're not mentioning one thing you were filming it you had your phone up like literally right like point like down the barrel of it yeah you're like oh shit chucky (laughs) and got straight up (laughs) sprayed yeah i gotta find that video yeah you must have it because you probably screamed bloody murder and then we that line there was some you see some wild shit at halloween hard night some dude was getting like some dude ordered his girlfriend to give him like a full on back massage. They were yeah. like sucking face right on the line in front of everybody, which PDA is fine. But this dude was like, I thought they were about to just start fucking right there. Yeah, I got to say, yes. A little bit of PDA is fine. Quick kiss on the lips, you know, that type of thing. But dude, I went to see the midnight last night in concert Fucking amazing, by the way. But three feet in front of us, the entire time during the opening band, there was this couple that she was faced away from the stage, just looking in his eyes the entire time. And they just kept kissing and like slow dancing. I'm like, guys, I I didn't say this, but I was like, come on. Like, what the fuck are you doing? They were really feeling their emotions. That could have been the first, that could have been like a first anniversary type of slow dance. Like this is where we met. Uh, I love you so much. They were, uh, my mouth. They, <laughs> they were a very young couple. So I don't know. Oh, could, so they broke up that night for sure. Probably someone got two ways. <laughs> but Hey, good for them. Um, don't make out for an hour straight in front of people or get your back scratched in line waiting to go see the Chucky maze. It's odd. Yeah, this dude was getting a full on hand, hands, uh, like hand and stone massage. She was breaking out like hot coals, ready to step on his back. <laughs> I did get a Kit Kat on that line too. That's true. I was like, where the fuck is Doug? <laughs> yeah. Cause I was just, there was like a stand right in the line. I was starving. I needed something. And I just reached over and paid for a Kit Kat. Luckily they were pretty, pretty nice. They are all the, uh, all the employees aren't like rude at all. Like everyone's very like cordial there and very nice. I will say that about the entire staff. Like they weren't yelling at people. Like they were being like firm because people were fucking just losing their minds. Right. And I know where to go, but like I had no, like no one was a, uh, no one on the staff was like an asshole to anybody. I think I've, kind of what makes it one of the most magical places on earth. A lot of wheelchairs there too. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people that, didn't really need them. They're just like, ah, I don't feel like walking. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that's a, that's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> Have someone wheel them through the fucking, you know what? Another one of my favorite parts of universal was, what? um, that trolley tour. Oh yeah. That was extremely fun with the whole, like there was like this original like bug theme and there was just one character. Uh, do you remember his name? Cause I, I don't, for- I forgot his name. He was very Beetlejuice esque. 
the, yeah he was like the main character of this uh part of the theme park that they turned into this sort of like um, exterminating people but the bugs were taking over yeah uh and they were like exterminating humans and how humans are uh the worst thing on the face of the earth which true um but it was awesome they had you walk through like that one little motel portion and there was like goop on the ground and then everyone started to run out all those bugs uh that was really cool felt like the fly yeah the production level on those things are just insane like the the level of detail that goes into all of it yeah and the when we walked past the uh that real life plane that was used for uh, war of the worlds. Uh, yeah. The one with Tom Cruise in 2005. That was, I mean, and you're talking to, I mean, this was Phil's first time at universal, right? Yes. My first time at universal. It literally felt like, and we love movies. I, I was just astounded that we were basically walking on like a movie set. Like it was yeah. like a real life. They explained to us as a real life plane. There were cars flipped over. There was dubstep music playing for some reason. Yeah. Everywhere you went early 2010s dubstep style music playing. Yeah. It was like David Draymond had like his whole, his whole, like he was working on the playlist. We did hear plenty of David Draymond over the, the course of the trip. And we did. Yes. <laughs> Dave Matthews and disturbed. Yeah. Disturbed Matthews band. Yes. <laughs> the David Draymond band <laughs> switching over to smooth jazz. But uh, yeah, walking on that, uh, walking past that real life plane was really cool to see. And still like, it's amazing how they film that. I mean, that's so important for actors to see the actual thing rather than like a green screen and just to see it out of context, like not in the movie was pretty wild. And then, uh, we saw the original house from Psycho. Oh, yeah. Shit. Forgot that about that. And, yeah, we took a whole. I mean, the house looks so creepy. Yeah. And it still has like the really like, you know, that like weeping willow sort of tree on the side. And you have like, had, a, like a silhouette of his mom in the window. Yeah, that was cool. And it's the same house. Like they took it from the original location, planted it here, which is rad. Uh, we got an awesome picture in front of it. Yeah, with Norman Bates or the a real guy, Norman Bates. guy playing Norman Bates. Great picture. Yeah, solid job. Did a great job reenacting the uh, the psycho kill. Whenever I see those types of actors at a theme park, uh, I just want to like pick their brain and be like, "Are you enjoying this?" Because <laughs> I mean, he seemed like he really was. Yeah, I feel like a lot of the times for those actors, it's like a means to something else. Like this is them getting their foot in the door. They want to be on Broadway or be an actor. And right. it's a lot of practice. Sure. <laughs> They're probably working on the character all day. I mean, I can't imagine working at Universal like a straight up eight hour shift. I would need to like rectally take eight Tylenols. <laughs> like just to get just to work through the bloodstream quicker. It's so it's so much noise. Yeah, or like the the scare actors. Imagine hearing the same audio sound loop over and over. You turn to me and said you're like they have to say this every thirty seconds. Yeah, <laughs> for hours. Yeah, or I wonder if they like trade off shifts. If they have like okay, send in Becky. It's her shift. Yeah, tag them in. Yeah, 
I can't imagine it's the same person doing the same thing over and over. Oh no. I could imagine that, uh, they have like a casting process where they have people look exactly like each other or sort of like the character and they just kind of cycle in and out. Yeah. Oh, and we walked onto the set of Nope. That was surreal. Fucking awesome. It was incredible because me and Vanessa hung back to like, just take pictures. First of all, it was like the whole set of Nope. Like Phil said, and they had the, uh, yeah, it was the Jupiter's actors ranch, dresses. like yeah, the, the actual set from the movie. Yep, the whole ranch. They had the uh, the big blow up of Stephen Yen's character, uh, Jupe, uh, and they had people. Uh, they had the actors dress up in the red jumpsuits from Us as well, walking around with scissors and getting in people's faces. And me and Vanessa were hanging back, and I think you were a little bit ahead, Phil. Yeah. And uh, at one point, like everyone walked through, and it was just us pun intended it, me you and vanessa and it felt too real yeah because <laughs> it was so quiet and they kept on telling us to fucking move but we were like all right relax we're we're getting the full experience here yeah then some guy with a walkie-talkie was like all right keep moving keep moving yeah come on <laughs> and you're like 30 feet to... behind just <laughs> like oh i want to get a picture in front of this yeah, I, was, this. I was around taking pictures of the fucking sky uh but yeah they really put i mean i Nope was such a good movie and it was insane to be on the actual set. And uh, it was very ominous. Yeah. Um, yeah. For a minute there, I was like, am I supposed to be here? Because the rest of the like, group had like left. <laughs> and some of these actors are just sort of staring at me like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah, either in character or not. <laughs> they were like, yeah. you got to go. <laughs> um. And then what else happened during the trolley tour? I'm trying to uh, trying to recall it. It was the the War of the Worlds. It was the bug stuff. It was uh, the psycho stuff. Nope. And then I think that might have been it because it was a whole lot of walking. Yeah. Uh, for the trolley stuff. And then, um, yeah, and then the other mazes that we did, uh, we also walked through. Evil Dead Rise. Um, yeah. Before Evil Dead Rise, which was a good. I like that one a lot too. We walked through the uh, Wizarding World of Harry Potter, dude. That ride, or actually that entire village they have there, is, I mean, phenomenal. Yeah, it's like a movie set. So it was, and Vanessa and Phil went into the castle to do the ride. Uh, I opted out of that one, and you, all the other rides. Yeah, that didn't <laughs> include just walking. I was about to say what. <laughs> Like, yeah, I sat that one out. I was like, wait, which ride? Did I was you- too much of a bitch for the Simpsons ride. Hey, I do have to say you made the right call because those are like motion rides. So you're just in a seat the entire time. But visually, there's times where like, oh, they they drive the car off a building and it tips forward. And it's like, I remember thinking, yeah. oh, man, I'm glad Doug sat this out because he'd be freaking out right now. If you thought I was neurotic before, I would fucking get up and start kicking the fake car. But um, no, that whole like, and the castle from Harry Potter is to scale. Like I've never, like you live in Raleigh, you live in a city. I live near New York city. We're used to big buildings. It's not like we're coming from like North Dakota and we're like, what are tall buildings? But right. like, holy fuck. Like yeah. it just, it's like, 
like you said, it's like walking through the movie set and it is not like any other building. It is a legit castle yeah. that you've seen in movies and it's just wild to see up close and personal. Yeah. Well, I thought I... I mean, I'd never even seen Harry Potter and I was yeah, amazed. Me, yeah, me neither. Maybe I should watch them. I don't know. You and Ashley got to have that that uh, the HP marathon. I mean, not because like, you know... I'm too good for Harry Potter. I just, it's never caught my attention. I'm like, should I watch them? Are they good? I don't know. Yeah. I'm not a, <clears throat> not a magical wizard type of person either. Right. The wizardry just never like caught me. Same thing with Lord of the Rings. I would watch Harry Potter over Lord of the Rings. Uh, Harry Potter seems like it's a lot of Lord of the Rings seems like it's more game of Thrones ish. And I, I don't like game of Thrones. Harry Potter seems a little more whimsical and fun, and you have some darkness to it with uh, yeah. Snape, Snape, Severus Snape. Um, should we go ahead and get to H45? Um, well, let's see. Let's see what else. If we're going day by day. Oh, um, before, uh, before uh, Universal, we did stop at a bunch of really rad places like Mystic Museum. Oh, yeah. Uh, check that out, which is always fun i went there once in 2021 this was your first time what yes. what was your favorite part about that uh probably the actual museum where you walk onto these different little uh sets from various movies that they have dressed up and they have actual props from certain movies uh like they had a little american psycho section with a yeah. couch and a nail gun and they're playing Huey Lewis in the news. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was really cool. I love that place. Yeah, it was Burbank is such like a fun. It seems like a, it's a, it's a very cool place. If you're at least moving from the East coast, that's like the most East coast place in LA to at least from what I experienced. There's just like, you could walk to every shop. Uh, Mystic museum is like, I feel like if we live there, that would be the spot to just go to. And like, we went to a couple of vintage costume shops that were around there. They had like, um, Kirsten Dunst costume from bring it on <laughs> displayed. Oh, yeah. Uh, they had some Brett, uh, they had the screen worn ghost face. Uh, one of those costumes up on the wall. Um, we also went to, uh, be kind video shout out to the homie, uh, Matt, Matt's mortuary from be kind video because he had the bangers. One oh the, yeah. Uh, you got some tapes while you were there. Yeah. I got some slaughterhouse rock. I got ticks. I bought drive in massacre for Holly, but, uh, it was just a cool vibe in there and like what they're doing over there. I mean, Matt is a v- really cool dude. Really good dude. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel bad that I didn't talk to him, but that was around the time that I thought I was starting to get sick. Yeah. So like when we walked in there, like my throat was a little scratchy. Maybe it was from sleeping outside for the first time in a while. <laughs> not Maybe getting it, enough sleep. Yeah. Not getting enough sleep. Maybe I actually was getting a little sick, but for some reason, once we walked in there, I just felt a cold sweat down my back and I was like, dude, I gotta, I gotta go outside. I gotta sit down. So. Yeah. And I didn't even think I was going to see, I, I felt bad cause I didn't know where, where you were. I didn't want you to die in the sunlight, but I was like, shit, but I was talking to him for a little bit and I told him you weren't feeling well. So we had to, we had to skedaddle, but you saw him at the, at the con and everything. But if you're, if you are in Burbank, 
and you're looking for tapes, Be Kind is the place to go. Super cool setup, very cozy, very nostalgic of the 80s. Um, yeah, it was uh, definitely a cool little spot. Yeah. And then uh, we also went another day. We went to those, uh, which honestly wasn't that impressive. Rather than like Mystic Museum is a very specifically horror, like niche spot. They have like a lot of cool, unique things in there. Be kind, obviously very unique. Uh, Halloween Town and uh, the two shops that we went to, they have two locations. It was the costume shop and the other shop. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, we were saying like, oh, there's not much in here. I couldn't just get from Trick or Treat Studios. I mean, it was cool to look at with a wall of mask and stuff but yeah i didn't buy anything yeah like awesome to see in person i love seeing every single mask that trick-or-treat studios has to offer on the wall yeah rather than like you know shitty party city costumes and then um see what else they had a cool like they had cool displays and stuff like that and a lot of cool like witchcraft stuff but uh yeah it's just it was very overwhelming to see like all the stuff right in front of our faces um but yeah that was that day um and yeah the saw the saw we took the best picture ever in the saw exhibit in the back of missing museum yeah hands down best picture of the whole trip so the guy did say don't sit on the toilet but i didn't i was was hovering so cheeks weren't hitting the porcelain at all no they were not I should have really committed and just pulled the pants down and really gone for it. But that's what I, that's what I was hoping. I really wish we would have done it. I don't know if there's a camera <laughs> back there due to privacy laws, but like, yeah, I didn't want to disrespect <laughs> the the fine people at Mystic Museum. There were everybody that worked there was so nice. And yeah, yeah they just, were very kind. Yeah, I don't want to be a dick. And also, no, that's just I'm not going to do that. <laughs> we already got that. Just the framing of that picture. I just love love the framing. Of you taking a dump on John Kramer's body to the left and good old Billy the Puppet on the right. Perfect, very the, symmetrical picture. With the game over yeah. sign right above it. <laughs> it was too perfect. I saw that and I was like, you gotta go back. Because we took a couple of pictures. We've I can't I couldn't help but not be a full blown Doris. I was like, I I was just taking pictures all over the place. Yeah. Um Okay, let's get to age 45, because I almost brought up the the picture of the trip. We're going to get to the con first? Before the filming locations? Oh, okay, well, we can do either one. What, all right, go. Yeah, let's talk about... I'm pretty sure people are listening for the for the actual con as well, so we can, let's get into that. Um, so, yeah, we're, we can, uh, we can do... Uh, mark. The first thing we... Yeah, I was like, okay, well, we got to... Get to the get to the juicy stuff. <laughs> um, the first thing we did was go to the Myers house. Yeah, that's right. Went to Sugar Mint Gallery uh, right next door. They got Mikey's uh, Mikey's house right there next to the train tracks and in all of its glory. It was just beautiful to see. Yeah, it was. Um, and of course, diagonally across from the Myers house, you had the the hardware store. And um, I remember when we were, I was having a coffee at that intersection, you were eating the sandwich and I had a full view of the hardware store and the Myers house while I'm sitting there enjoying my coffee. And I just had like this, I don't know, 
just a moment where I was looking at the hardware store, like picturing John Carpenter and Dean Cundy and Donald Pleasant off to the side, looking over script and Charles Cyphers. And I was like, fuck, can you imagine being right here 45 years ago, seeing that little film crew setting up that shot? It was just crazy to be there in person. Yeah, especially at that time too. Forty five years is a is a long time for something to be still so relevant. Not even only to the horror genre, but the movie genre. Like John Carpenter really set the precedent for how to film like a slasher movie. Yeah, he is like the tropes that are known today. He is the creator, or you know one of the creators of what you usually see in horror movies, how he uses shadow and light and all that stuff. And uh, yeah, it was, I, I I did look over at one point when we were walking through, we were walking to uh, where they shot like Haddonfield and you were just so joyfully walking and stepping. (laughs) I was like, yeah, wait, what, what you said where they shot Haddonfield? What do you like? uh, Like, um, the Wallace house and Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Like all that stuff. And we were like actually walking through like where Laurie Strode was walking and stuff like that. You were like, just had a pep in your step. It's <laughs> <laughs> just, it was, yeah. it was good to see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Well, yeah. So when we were at the, the Wallace and Doyle house where the finale of the film takes place, um, yeah, I mean, it was just surreal being there and seeing. I was kind of thrown off by how close those two houses were, because anytime mm. I watch Halloween, I, I feel like the camera makes it look so far away. But it's like, boom, right there. That's where fucking Nick Castle walks in 1978. Chasing we have the JD video the of Curtis. the walk. Oh, that's right. I don't want to see that cringy <laughs> shit. <laughs> That's just for your personal record. <laughs> yeah, that's for me. <laughs> <laughs> no one else is seeing that. It's on my phone. I'm pretty sure I sent it to you. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's, it is wild to think that. And we were hitting, you know, when we were riding through uh, Pasadena, we were just hitting film location after film location. Uh, we saw the nightmare on Elm Street house uh, near Hollywood. We saw the Strode house. We saw the Wallace house and just like, knowing Robert England and like uh, Heather Langenkamp and Wes Craven were like in that spot years and years ago. Like it's just insane seeing like being inside the piece of history that like we have known and watched for years. Yeah. And what the fuck? Why, why would you change the color of the door of the Elm street house? That's just, that's just being salty. Dude, Some dude rode past us on a bike and he was like, Sucks they changed the color of the door, right? Yeah. We're like, yeah, it does suck. <laughs> everyone in the neighborhood, and it's it was awesome. Everyone in the neighborhood, like, they know the history behind these houses. So they know they don't really pay pay any mind when people are like standing in front of them and just loitering. Right. Because we were uh when we went to go see the hedge, we saw this one guy who literally looked like an IT guy. Like I didn't even th- I thought he was going to fix the next door neighbor's like cable or something. Right. And he went to go take a picture of the hedge and we're like, Oh, like you're here for the con and stuff like that. So it was super cool to see people like taking pictures of this stuff and 
Yeah, we we saw the, the famous hedge that Michael stepped behind. It's pretty awesome to finally see that in person. What was yeah, your it's still the same hedge? Still the same hedge. Um, what was your favorite location? Oh man, that is so tough. I think I'm going to say I am going to say uh, the Wallace House because I don't know. We were just. It was such a memorable moment because there's the the house is vacant. Right. And we decided to go back there at night after a fine pasta dinner with our lovely friends that we met up with. We went to the kitchen. Uh, we went with uh, Vanessa. We finally met our good friend Yaz for the first time, who is the biggest sweetheart of all time. She's the fucking best. Yeah, uh, she's I, awesome. Yeah, she's great. And our friend Eric, who is just as awesome. Super cool dude. Uh, and we all went out, we had dinner in, uh, Pasadena. And then Phil was like, I kind of want to go. You kind of wanted to go back there at night to actually get the feel of what it was like to walk through Haddonfield in the dark. Yeah. And, and I uh, gotta say, I, I'm glad we did that. Uh, um, yeah. But first, before we went back to the Wallace and Doyle house, um, we went to the Halloween two alley. Yes. Because I didn't even know about it. (laughs) This was my favorite location. So we go to the Myers house. And if you don't know the, the Halloween two alley, you know, from the start of the movie where Loomis is like, I shot him six times. And Michael's walking through the alley. That's directly behind the Myers house. And I knew that in the back of my mind, but I just completely forgot like, Oh, I should head up some Halloween two locations while I'm here. So we couldn't find parking at the Myers house. I was like, well, let me pull into this driveway real quick. I'll circle back around. I pull into this alley. And soon as I make the turn, I'm like, holy shit. That's a Halloween two alley. Right. And I looked up the location really quick and I was like, yeah, that's it right there. It was crazy how it, still look the same like just the the way the buildings looked i was like yeah. i've seen this alley somewhere before yeah it wasn't wasn't even like modernized too much like it still looked very like rural kind of like how haddonfield looked like the fences looked the same uh the gravel looked the same the trees were still pointing in the you know the directions that it was 45 years earlier which is what nature's wild yeah and then you um, have the elrod house at the end of the alley So Mm -hmm. that was just an added bonus. But we went back to that one at night after dinner, which totally added to the the ambiance. And it was nice and crisp in the air. It wasn't too boiling hot. Literally felt like we were walking around there during Halloween. And they had this uh, in the alleyway. It had this nice green glow to it from the lights. And it kind of looked like the Halloween 2 VHS cover. uh, Oh, I thought you were going to talk about the basketball goal. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> there was there was a little like uh a little child's uh basketball hoop out was, out near the alleyway and we were just we were just bullshitting talking oh, about Mike. like michael duncan on loomis <laughs> you know you know mike he got the jordans on he's crossing up loomis <laughs> i dunked on him six times he posterized me it's snapping ankles Mikey out of here poster just has his balls right in loomis's face <laughs> It's breaking ankles in these streets. It's <laughs> crossing them up. Hey, he's giving Laurie Strode that layup. <laughs> Hit him with the pick. Uh, 
So, yeah, pick we, and roll, Mikey. Pick and roll. <laughs> so we saw the the Halloween two alley. Then we went back to the um, Wallace and Doyle house at night. That was really awesome. And I guess nobody was home at the Doyle house. It looked very vacant. And after standing there for a while, we were like, "Dude, we got to go up to the porch and get a picture." <laughs> so eventually, we just. Hopped over the bush and walked yeah. up to the doorstep. It was, then it you, was we laid on, I laid on the ground. He, he laid on the ground where Michael had, Michael gets shot and falls out of the window. It was Doug, too epic of a photo opportunity to pass up. Doug laid in that exact same spot and he farted at one point. <laughs> <laughs> I, I tried getting up like the undertaker and my asshole just ripped. <laughs> The oh. California pasta just fell out. So every time I watch Halloween now and I see that part and be like, Doug farted right there. That's pretty cool. That patch of grass right there, flatulence <laughs> from my butthole is there. Do you think you're the first person to fart where Michael Myers fell? No. Gar- guaranteed Nick Castle was laying bombs. Oh, come- well, there. since since filming then- Halloween. If there if there were kids in that house, there was probably a kid who shit his pants right in that spot, you know, just playing on the lawn. I guarantee I'm not the first one. I might be the last one though. I'm gonna say you are. <laughs> I might I might be the last one to do it if that house gets demolished or someone else buys it and it's an uptight businessman who pretends women don't fart or something. Well, they were doing um some reconstruction to the side of the house. So they had a giant yeah. dumpster on the street. And I was like, how crazy would it be to take a piece of this wood from the original house? I think I think you should have. If you didn't have to ship it back to North Carolina. Yeah. It would have been cool to have. Just hang just like dangling from a piece of string in your living room. If I if I was local and I had like a garage where I could just throw it somewhere, yeah, maybe I would. But looks like we're gonna have to move to California. <laughs> <sighs> Shit. <laughs> the first... you gonna pay for that <laughs> yeah if we got a house let's both let's go in dude house <laughs> prices out there yeah the the price just laughs at you when you look at it they're like it's just <laughs> as bad as new york Ugh. there there's there's no point um but yeah uh so that was the filming locations and stuff like that um I do want to talk about the Warner Brothers tour too, but let's get let's get to the con first. Oh sure, uh, the con was fucking great. I loved it. We got there Saturday, extremely busy when they first opened. It was almost like, shit, this is too much. Is there too many people? I can't move. The lines are crazy. Too much. Yeah, yeah. It was. We had to get on a line to get back on a line. Uh, which was kind of counterproductive instead of just like getting the bracelet and then going in, you had to pick up the bracelet first and then hop on the line. But the line went pretty quick. Uh, we, once, once you were in, you were in, then you could explore, uh, the convention center is pretty gigantic. Um, it's just this big, this huge building, huge, huge, huge building. I'm just, <laughs> It was a huge place. <laughs> I walked in and I said, wow, what a huge building this is. You just I've ever seen. The only place Michael Myers can be is in this huge convention center. I haven't seen any other convention center like it. Make Haddonfield great again. 
Make Mikey dunk on Loomis six times yet again. Sheriff Brackett has got to go. <laughs> the worst police officer I've ever seen. Didn't even stop his daughter from smoking weed. She could have crashed. <laughs> what are we doing? Uh, I don't know. It's late. Um, so, yeah, we get into the convention. So I, I kind of forgot everybody that you met. You met some people that I didn't and yeah, vice yeah. versa. Well, we were walking. So where they had some of the guests, it was like right through the doors of where you enter the convention building. Um, right on like the carpeting and stuff. And I saw uh, when I couldn't go to Carolina Fear Fest in May, Ken Forhey was going to be there. And I was super pumped. Uh, and he was at age 45. So he was the first person that I met. There was no one on his line. And yeah. I mean, between Death Spa, Texas Chainsaw 3, uh Dawn From Beyond. Dead. What? Dawn of the Dead. Dawn of the Dead. Uh, fucking legendary actor. And I love him in everything. And he was such a cool dude. Uh, I thought he was going to squeeze my hand to death. Because uh, he was a very big man. Yeah. Uh, but he was super cool. Super chill. He was just sitting down in his chair like, what's going on, man? Didn't didn't really. Uh, wasn't a huge talker, but he was very kind and super cool. And we met uh, uh, Don Shanks with Yaz. We all got a yes. picture with him. Yep, that was really cool. Him and his, uh, him and his orange body, <laughs> looking still looking real fit for his age. Dude, I I hope I'm in half a good as shape as him when I'm his age. So. And mentally too. Like when he was talking in the panel, like he's just such a. I mean, again, I think stunt guys get like uh, like a like don't get enough credit as he was saying, but like they really know what they're doing and he was saying stuff that like really and like he was part of the like you know wga and sag after and everything like that and so he's dealing with the strike i'm sure and all them but like hearing him talk about like the stunts and what they had to go through and like how they think about it and how they could just turn it on when he he said uh was he laying in like a freezing puddle or something like that and he was like ice cold and then when they called action he just flipped right. the switch and it was on yeah. but uh yeah, he was cool to meet. He really liked Yaz a whole lot. He re- almost ripped her arm off with that <laughs> with that Cyclops grip. Yeah, I don't think he meant to, but yeah. That's just he, how he is, baby. He's from the 60s. Yeah, he had his his hand on her arm and squeezed the shit out of him. She was <laughs> like, wow, he's really strong. <laughs> yeah, some, uh, some spray tan came off on her arm. Um, Almost... Uh, I kind of feel like Yaz helped. Okay, we got to talk about. I just got to get. Are we going to talk the, about the elephant in the room here? We got to talk about meeting John Carpenter. Let's go ahead and get to it. All right. Okay, because I keep thinking about it. We got to get it out of the way. Okay, so we this was open with it up top. This was day two. Um, it was like I don't know three in the afternoon or something, and for some reason you wanted to go get some food. I was like, all right. I just so, took a dump. That's why I emptied out. That's right. Doug took a shit. Uh, took him four days to poop in LA. <laughs> literally. <laughs> yep, so I didn't seize the opportunity. I really needed to go. So Doug takes a shit. He's like, hey, I'm hungry. Let's go get some food. So we step out of the convention. We walk, oh, 50 feet away from the convention. We're about to cross the street. Hold on. Before, before, you, before you get into it, I'm just going to add a little something. At this point, 
we knew John Carpenter was going to have a secret panel. They announced it on Facebook. Originally, it was just a rumor. So we were like, oh, now everybody knows. Right. And they started to line up uh, like an like an hour and a half early uh, for the panel. So yeah. we turn around before we, we cross the street and we look at the line. There's a VIP line for the panel and a regular line. So we look at this and we're like, fuck, like, all right, like, let's go get food. And then, it, you know, wherever we sit, we'll sit. Hopefully we get in there. But we're just like, we have to be in there. So I felt a little deflated in the air seeing that huge line. Okay, go ahead. Huge. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) The line was huge. What was the other word that you guys are making fun of me for? I walked in. I said, wow, what a huge line this is. (laughs) (laughs) Please don't compare me to that scumbag. (laughs) Um, I think it was just that word, but feel free to make fun of me all you want. I can't talk for shit. So, Um, What's the big deal? Yeah, hey, Dill is a Dill. <laughs> um, okay, so we leave the convention. We're waiting to cross the street. And then a black Escalade pulls up like 20 feet away from us. And I see John Carpenter step out of the back of it. And I say to you guys, I'm like, all right, don't freak out. But John Carpenter is right over there. And we were like, holy shit. And it didn't even cross my mind to ask for a picture. I was like, you know, this is cool enough. Hey, we saw him step out of the Escalade and walk in. We were losing control at at just that point. At just seeing his feathery, like thinning, you know, white hair coming out of the Escalade. We were like, wow, this is like, like John Carpenter in the flesh. This is already insane. And then we had like a, a football huddle. We're like, all right, guys, bring it in. Okay, so here's the plan. <laughs> but no, we were like, I think it was you or Yaz. You're like, we got to ask for a picture. Yeah. This is our only chance. We have to ask for a picture. And um, yeah, he comes walking by with his handler. And I think it was you or Yaz asked for the picture. Yaz was already on the ground. <laughs> she was already not able to breathe. So we asked for the picture. And John says, sure, as long as you make it quick. And boom, snap, like five pictures, rapid fire. Thank God nobody's eyes were closed. It was perfect. Yeah. I mean, even John was smiling in the picture. He never smiles in pictures. No, not at all. He usually looks like he doesn't give a fuck about life at all. But mind you, we were a lot of we were like, I don't know about like. 15, 20 feet away from the convention center. Everyone is on the line and in the convention center on that sidewalk. It was Phil Yaz, me and John Carpenter. Yeah. There was no one else in the vicinity. No one else. So it was a no brainer to just, if he says no, he says no, but you have to take the shot. I was I, I went up to him and I was like, John, can we please get a picture? We love you. Like, keep it quick. And also, as me and Phil started walking up, John goes, I want her to Yaz. That's right. He which, did say that. <laughs> which me and you were like, sure. Yep. Fine. We'll be in the picture. Hold on to her. She was the Yaz was the lucky charm 
of that day. Because if it wasn't for Yaz, he would have looked at us two ugly ass white boys. It would have been like, get the <laughs> fuck out of my face. It wouldn't have. I don't think it would have went over that well if Yaz wasn't there. Maybe and not. Yaz knows how much we love her. She is the reason for that picture. I'm highly convinced. I and mean, then we all fell to the ground. John Carpenter does have his hand around her shoulder in the picture. Yep. So he, he put those ghostly white fingers on her back. So, yeah, we take the picture. He walks away. We try to remain calm for, oh, 10 seconds. As soon as he gets out of like earshot away, we were like, holy fuck. Yaz collapses on the fucking ground. Like just, it was crazy. You, you, you never heard three people say, oh my God, 50 times in yeah. a millisecond as quick as we did. That's all we thought about. I didn't even give a fuck about the panel. I was like, we're done here. This is it. Nothing's going to top this. And I I usually don't get like, well, I don't meet a lot of celebrities. Starstruck. So yeah, starstruck. I usually don't get starstruck. But for certain people, John Carpenter being one of them, you can't help but be like, holy shit. That's John Carpenter right there. I mean, yeah, absolute as, legend. Yeah. I mean, as many movies as he's made, he hasn't directed a movie in a really long time. And yet he still has the stature of being one of the most legendary filmmakers in Hollywood. I mean, he's worked with Kurt Russell numerous times. He's worked with Jamie Lee Curtis. He's worked with Jeff Bridges. He's worked with acclaimed actors. I mean, there's a reason why his movies are so relevant to this day and still go. You still go back to them today and they hold up because He's a great filmmaker. His his writing is great. He works with great writers as well. Uh, cinematography in his movie top notch. I mean, it was just it was just insane see, being that close to him. Yeah, and to get what uh, I wish my big dumb face wasn't so prevalent in the picture. But other than that, perfect fucking picture. It, Couldn't have asked perfect. for a better picture. You ha- and I have my phone in my hand because I was getting ready to get my camera out. And you were like, already got it. <laughs> As I went to go ask him for a picture, you were already gearing up. So it was a team effort. He saw Yaz. You had the, p- I, I asked, you had the camera up. She was a woman. All every, all the stars aligned. <laughs> but yeah, talk about right time, <clears throat> right place. I mean, couldn't have been better. The domino effect of that moment happening was just wild. And luck would have it directly across the street. My friend Dave that I haven't seen in like a year who lives in LA. He was right across the street. Yeah. And he was like, yo, Phil. And I was like, we just met John Carpenter. We just met John Carpenter. He witnessed the whole interaction (laughs) happening (laughs) in like, and in like, in like, uh, in cinematic vision. (laughs) He's, he saw us go apeshit over John Carpenter, but at, we were we were on a high that entire day. Yeah. After, after that, like it was great. Uh, like the whole rest of the con was great beforehand. Um, that was the second day. The first day, and if we're going back to the first day, because that John Carpenter moment was just monumentous. Uh, but we we met a lot of people that we talked to on here, which. I feel like I, you know, we talk to a lot of people within the horror community and we always talk movies and we always, I love talking about movies with everyone. So does Phil. We love just debates about whatever. And uh, just 
and just like get i don't know getting to know people like that on that type of level and seeing them in person is like next level cool uh anthony brownlee who we met up who was like we i've been talking to him since 2020 finally got to meet him in person that was super cool one of the coolest dudes great dude uh former guest of the show so yes on one of the best episodes that i think uh that we that we've done uh the nightmare on elm street ranking episode uh that dude knows his freddy krueger yeah he's a nightmare on elm street god so legit yeah very cool to meet him for the first time in person hell yeah and uh morgan who was also with him no matthew sorry i think his last name is morgan i'm getting confused uh the dude that he was with also super cool always talk movies with him uh who else chris butler is also my dude unfortunately he wasn't vending out there but he also came from massachusetts yeah and our friend nice school on yeah, instagram sorry I, I god i suck with names nothing personal but it was cool to finally meet her. her yeah she was cool jennifer awesome i think that was your first time meeting her there were a couple people that like uh oh oscar oscar super oh, sweet shit. Dude. yeah our buddy oscar yeah um, he's the best i've never met somebody that was so grateful for the show like that that must have been yeah it was wild i mean it was it was pretty crazy um but yeah, yeah thank we, you for the kind words yeah, sorry thanks for the kind words oscar that that meant a lot um i know you've been a listener for a long time so we really appreciate it and it was great to meet you i'm sure we're gonna forget a lot of people but i think yeah i'm trying i'm trying to name all of them anthony matt jennifer cindy yaz and eric we obviously named who else did we see over there um so who else did you meet like as far as celebrities oh yeah, go um so after ken for tom atkins tom atkins yes got tom the, we all uh, stood online for him the h3 exclusive figure finally got my hands on one of those which got- there was a line for even the figure as soon as we walked in yeah we thought we weren't going to grab it. We got him. We get it all. Got him to sign that, and I was like, was, "I was like, Tom, I, it's an absolute honor to meet you. Thank you for everything." That's that's all I said. I got a picture with him. It was very sweet. It was like taking a picture with your grandpa or something. Yeah, just, he's a sweet, cuddly old man. Yeah, it was it was excellent. And his I, I like his his uh, publicist or manager or whatever who was operating the table. She was saying, like, oh, don't take it personally if he doesn't, like, talk a lot. He can't hear. Like, he has mm-hmm. hearing aids and he's not great at hearing. So, like, don't take it personally. But he was, he asked everyone's name. You know, we kept, we just like you, I kept it short and sweet. I was like, I love you and your movies. Thank you. And he was like, what's your name? Like, he was just so considerate and kind, as you think Tom Atkins would be. Of um super sweet dude uh it was awesome that we all got to like meet him one after the other um then i think the next person after that so it was don ken ken Forey, don shanks tom atkins i think you and yaz went to go drop stuff off at the car and i waited on that fateful line for uh rohan campbell oh yeah you got to talk about that 
I so, think, uh, yeah, that was that was the next in line. So yeah, tell tell the story, Doug. You were well, ever since, <laughs> you, you were quite flustered throughout the yeah, whole experience. Ever since, ever since this wasn't like we saw Rohan Campbell on the guest list for this con, and I was like, we have to meet him because we've thoroughly bashed Halloween Ends, the movie. Not necessarily him, but the writing is just, you know, you know how our, how we feel about Halloween ends. Uh, if you listen to the show, even for a, a fucking 15 second period. Um, but I wanted to meet him and I was like, I think it would be funny if we all give him the middle finger. And I think it would be hilarious. And waited online and, and he was hopping around the table and just he seemed really cool. And I get up to him and, uh, you and y- you and Yaz didn't want to do that. You were, you were taking picking pictures and filming it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I did. I would have felt bad if, um, if I didn't like pay for the autograph and all that for FaceTime with him, I didn't want to yeah. take up his time. So I was like, I'll, I'll just gladly sit back and watch Doug. I'll, <laughs> I'll just watch this interaction go down. <laughs> And we posted and, it to Instagram today. If you want to see the whole thing. Um, yeah. But, Phil and Yaz both videoed it. It was couldn't have gone better. And I, I, I did take a regular picture with him first. I was like, Hey, like, thank you for being here. Like I asked him how his day was like, how is this con experience? Cause I'm sure he hasn't done many. And I was like, I just have a request. I think it'd be funny. You don't have to do it. Uh, I think it, and I, I, I told him, I'm like, you were really, and we were talking for a while before this and he was really, he's just super sweet and really kind and yeah. very cool. Very cool with everybody. Yeah. And I was, I, I was like, I think I love you. <laughs> <laughs> I almost professed my love for this he, man. He is a handsome guy. Uh, yeah, he's a very person. You're like, God damn it. Look at that jawline. You're like, wow, that's very <laughs> chiseled. Like it's very Johnny Bravo esque, uh, except way smarter. Um, but I was like, is it pot- like, would it be cool if I flip you off and you look disgusted? And immediately he's just like, like this. Like he's like, he just immediately goes into character uh-huh. and was so down with it. And I'm like, I love you. Do you want to go to dinner right now? Like- <laughs> Do you like pasta? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'll, uh, I'm like texting John, like, Hey, do you mind leaving the house? I have a dinner date uh, coming by. I'm going to make a candlelit dinner for two. No, but he was super. He was just a really fucking cool guy. Yeah, he was. I will never bad. I never had a problem with Rowan Campbell. I just had a problem with the writing that he was given and he well, did you, what he did. You did say you were going to rewatch it. So are you going to do that? And I liked, I think I liked Halloween ends better than the exorcist. <clears throat> That's uh, yeah, sure. We'll talk about that on our episode. But uh, yeah, I will absolutely rewatch Halloween Ends. I uh, yeah, rewatch Halloween eight twenty eighteen uh, three times. Unfortunately, I rewatched but for Rohan that. Campbell, I will. Yeah, I rewatched that on the plane ride home, twenty eighteen. You really should have watched Malignant. Uh, they didn't have it. We also went to that house, by the way, too. Oh shit! Yeah, <laughs> we went to the Malignant house. <laughs> Completely forgot about that. And Phil also looked disgusted while. Uh, walking up to that uh, lawn. It was a beautiful house. It, it's a very nice house. And it's funny because every other house on that block 
literally looked like Elon Musk owned it. It was very like saturated and gray. And then you have this creepy old witch house right next to it. Yeah. Where every house is $2 million. Yeah, Um, definitely affordable for, you know, middle class, less middle class people. But yeah, that was the Rohan Campbell interaction. It was super fun. Uh, Very nice guy. You met Nick Castle. I met Nick Castle. I, I mean, I try to be respectful of their time and cause they have such a long line. I don't want to give them an ear beating, you know, I was like, Nick, it's an honor to meet you. Huge fan. <clears throat> and I was like, I'm especially a huge fan of Dennis the menace because he directed that. But I was like, it's, I have to get a picture. Yeah. Halloween picture sign. He was like, yeah, well you got to, it's Halloween, you know? And, um, yeah, that was, Kind of it. I got my picture with him. No, if you're, if you're paying money and you're at that convention and, and the, and these guys are so grateful. I, I feel like, like Nick Castle is one of those guests that don't mind a conversation. There's people that come up with this dude had a legit, like cart, like a shopping cart full of stuff. So if he's doing that and you're actually having a conversation with him, that's a different change of, that's a you know different change of pace for him to just, yeah. Talk about like how many people bring up Dennis the Menace? Probably not that many. Yeah, I should have asked some some more questions about that, but I was a little starstruck. (laughs) Um, But yeah, speaking of those types of people that they have like an actual it's like the one of those carts you put beach chairs in to take down to the beach, just stocked full of merchandise to get signed. And you know that they're just going to sell that shit on eBay. It's just gross in my opinion yeah it's kind of grimy they're just taking advantage of the even like the the toy makers and the figure makers and the people who actually like buy it who want to love and cherish it and watch these things or display these things well the amount of the halloween 3 figures that immediately went up on ebay it's like i can understand if you buy that and get it signed by tom atkins and Maybe down the road, you hit some hard times and you got to part with some stuff. I get it. Life happens. But to go out there solely just to buy that and throw it up on eBay 30 minutes after, just, I mean, you're free to do it. Yeah, that's that's your right. But it's just gives me the ick. Also, for like a measly, like, granted, it was 60 bucks. Yeah. And these people are reselling it for 300, 400 in the grand scheme of things. $400 is going to really get you nowhere. Oh, sure. Like, you know, if you were selling it for a couple thousand, like that could knock off some debt, but like, listen, 300, $400. It's, it's not a small sum of money. I think it's a decent amount of money, but like, you're really not going to do anything with it. I granted saw, it. I saw one of the signed ones go for like, 600 really yeah that's disgusting i mean hey it's autograph it is a a free market and if somebody is willing to pay that much hey whatever i feel sorry for those people paying that money because it is just it was limited to a thousand copies for that figure but like Mm -hmm. no figure or anything is worth that much money especially that it wasn't meant to be. It literally was just being sold. And two seconds later, it's on eBay. That's just like you said, it's disgusting. Yeah. A little gross. 
But uh, enough of the negative. Let's see. Who else did we meet? One of my highlights, Alan Howarth. Yes. Composer of many of the Halloween soundtracks, including Halloween 4. And I believe, yeah, he did 4, 5, and 6. And 3. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, I told him, I was like, your opening score to Halloween 4 is one of my favorite themes of all time. And it's not, I was like, I love how just minimal and creepy it is. It's it's not trying too hard. It's just about setting the mood. And it's I was just like, being. Yeah, that's my favorite horror movie opening ever. Not just a Halloween series. And he told me a, a cool little fun fact that I didn't know. He said that sort of ambient sound that you hear during the Halloween four credits is the sound of a symbol ringing out. And they took that sample and just sort of looped it. So it has this sort of oscillating effect, like just, oh. I was like, I fucking it's love pretty, that. It's pretty genius. Yeah. I never knew that. Like when you think <laughs> about it, it's like almost, he's almost, I mean, composers are almost like Foley artists in a way where they take something that is not meant to be musical and they make it musical. Yeah. It's, it's pretty wild. And then I asked him, asked it, asked him about the Halloween. <laughs> I, I fucking asked this guy. Uh, so I fucking asked this guy. I said, "Hey, Alan, how about this?" But no, I asked him about, about them the meatballs. I asked him about the. <laughs> I can't say that word anymore. <laughs> about the Halloween Six theme with the guitars and like uh, the, yeah, yeah. the whammy, the whammy bar squills and stuff. He was like, "Yeah, I mean that's what they wanted uh, for the theatrical cut." They were like, hey, we need something kind of modernized. This was 95, so grunge was big. So he was like, so I just picked up the guitar and <laughs> I was like, I fucking love it. I know a lot of people shit on it, but I think it's just so out there that I love it. So yeah, sometimes being different works. And instead of hitting the nostalgia factor, you know, now that's nostalgia for you since you love Halloween six, but like think outside the box, do something different. You never know what can come of it. Yeah. I feel like there's always going to be people that, that like something people, everyone isn't always going to hate it. There's people that love Halloween kills. Yeah, that's true. That is a fact. <laughs> and you're like, I'm not one of them, but there are people. No, absolutely not. But uh, yeah, you and Alan Howarth had a, had a really lengthy conversation, which is really cool. You, Remember how I was saying earlier, like I try to not talk their ear off and like kind of get in, get out like, hey, I just wanted to meet you. Have a good day. Thank you for everything. He was like, he just kept talking and I was all about it. I was like, okay, let's fucking talk. You want to talk? I'm down. You want to fucking talk? Come fucking talk to me. Are you talking to me? (laughs) But yeah, I bought a Halloween 6 soundtrack CD. Yeah. Got him to sign that. So that's compact disc. That's pretty awesome. I will cherish um, it forever. I will not put it on eBay. Absolutely not. Uh, and he was like, a- do you, he was like, do you want your name on this or not? I was like, no, put my name on it. Cause I wanted him to know, like, I'm not just going to sell this on eBay. Yeah. What are you going to sell the Halloween six CD for? $50. Fuck out of here. Hey, it's priceless. <laughs> That's right. That's why your fucking name is on it. Uh, <laughs> see who else? Um, what else do? Oh, um, really awesome moments. Uh, since Yaz is not here to talk about it, we will talk about it. Um, we should have brought her on. I know. I told her. 
I'm like, hey, we could if you want to, like we could, you know, have you on for the next episode. Uh we'll have to airdrop a different segment and just have her talk about it. Um, but no, we did meet some people from Halloween four, Kathleen uh Turner. Kathleen Kinmott. Kathleen Turner is like this other actress. I think she was. Who the fuck am I thinking of? I think she was in Serial Mom. Is that her? Really? Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) I don't. I might be wrong about that as well. But I'm gonna. Yeah. And what's the other name? Because I'm gonna butcher that guy's name. Sasha Jensen. There you go. Okay. Brady from Halloween Four and Kelly Meeker from Halloween Four. Yes. So we were on the line. uh, So the first day, Yaz brought. She wanted to meet Kathleen and get her Halloween four tape signed. Yeah. She accidentally brought Halloween five and was like, fuck. Well, we were, at, we were at Tom Morgan's table who did. Yes, yes, yes. Who did stunts in Halloween four. Um, she was like, I really want Tom to sign this. And she had yes. Halloween five in her hand. I was like, I thankfully I'm a Halloween nerd. And I was like, wait, he did stunts in Halloween four. Why do you have Halloween five? She was like, oh shit. I brought the wrong tape. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. We were on the line. She was like, wait, I have to get off this line. <laughs> um, yeah, the she next got day, Don Shanks to sign it, though, I think. Yeah, which is really cool. Yeah, that's pretty bad. And he was a really cool dude. Uh, we only talked to him for about that was a short conversation, kind of two minute thing. Uh, and then after the Halloween four and five panel. So Kathleen said she needed to catch a flight. So we were like, all right, let's go over there real quick. And get get this picture and get this autograph, yeah, and get and get it done. And so we were online for uh, for Sasha, and well, at first we at so we were online for Kathleen and this guy standing next to the table. He was like, "Hey, this is the I'm the I'm the last person uh, Kathleen needs to catch a flight. This is it." And I was like, "There's yeah. no one else here." Like, really? Yeah, I, we and, thought he was like I don't know a handler or an assistant, but he's someone just, who worked for the con or something. Yeah. He was just a guy, just some fucking random guy. Cause we were, when we were on, so the whole time we were on the line for Sasha, me and Phil kept looking over. We're like, all right, Yaz really wants this autograph and this picture. Like, fuck this guy. <laughs> like I thought we were, we still thought that he worked there, but we were like, all right, let's just like, it's going to take two seconds. Yeah. And if you, I made it the point to, I, as soon as the person left, I turned to Kathleen and I was like, Hey, my friend Yaz over here really wants to meet you. Do you have time for one more person? And she's like, of course I do. And then I realized that guy wasn't even there and he walked away. He just wanted to be the last person in line yeah. to get the most time out of it. It was really weird. It was, he it wasn't even there. It was That's very, uh, incel neckbeard energy going on. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. Kathleen, I, I just want all the time with you. Oh, she's busy. She can't see you. Uh, it's like, and dude. he had the balls to say that to us. And then he didn't even have the balls to meet her. Yeah. He was, didn't go after us. It was very bizarre. Yeah, definitely. Definitely had his initials uh, written on the inside of his underwear. If you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But Yaz did meet Kathleen. She was so sweet. Like just, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I just watched their interaction go down. I was like, I don't even need to meet her. Like, she's, yeah, she was yeah, great. She was the best. It was uh, really cool talking with Sasha Jensen from Halloween Four. Um, it's a real chill dude. Also from Days and Confused, and Ghoulies too. 
Yeah. Which, uh, it was a really cool moment. Uh, Yaz mentioned ghoulies too. And he went like, he like took a step back. He was like, you like ghoulies too? (laughs) She was like, it's my favorite movie. (laughs) Like, yeah, (laughs) it's like, he never even heard of this movie that he's in. And he never, I don't think he's seen it. He said, right. He's like, I never saw it. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I think so. And then he called one of the, the like coast. the main actor from uh from Ghoulies 2 FaceTimed him. FaceTimed him and was yeah, like, hey, somebody Yaz. wants to talk to you. And so yeah, we caught that interaction. So Yaz was FaceTiming one of the actors from her favorite movies, which was really fucking cool. And Sasha was really cool. He was talking about how he's talking about Vermont and living in upstate New York and being out on the West Coast. And just like a just like a real real regular dude. Yeah, I got him to sign um, an 8x10 from Halloween 4 from the scene where he's fighting with George Wilbur at the top of the stairs. And during the panel, he was talking about how his dad was a stuntman. So apparently George Wilbur knew Sasha as a kid because they were in the business together. So yeah, it was just cool hearing those like behind the scenes stories and um really made me miss george wilbur that was like did you ever meet him no but that was top of my list like i really want to meet george wilbur one day but unfortunately he passed away last year so he did a lot of cons i know he he was known for doing a lot of cons so guarantee he would have been in this one yeah um yeah, those panels were really really interesting i'd love them there's this other little tidbit that um Don Shanks was talking about in Halloween five, I believe where i Jamie's friend. I forgot his name is running from the car that's chasing him. Oh yeah. And it's actually like a mirror image. Like they filmed it with a mirror. Cause they didn't want to actually like, well, at first they wanted to run over the kid and they were like, no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Billy. In the scene. Jeffrey yeah, Landman. AKA Brown. Billy. Bailey. And then, uh, yeah, so like if you watch the movie, it's like a mirror image of him running away, but it looks like he's running from the car. It's that's something I never realized, but I was like, oh wow, like just Well, at one point in the movie, Michael is the image of Michael is flipped. So it looks yes, like yes, he's in Europe driving. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He's in the passenger seat rather than the driver's seat. Which I it looks like. I did notice that over the many years of watching that movie. Like, uh, that's odd. <laughs> yeah, little little flub, little film error. Yeah. I, I had it on the other night and I didn't finish it. I still have it on my uh, on my dresser, so I need to continue watching it. Uh, but that's one I want to look out for. Um, I think that was about all the people I met. I mean, I'm gonna look at my list here. Of course, uh, there were. A lot more people I wanted to meet, James Shoot Courtney, Dick Warlock, but it was just mm. a matter of time and mostly money because holy shit did I spend a lot of money at this convention just on merchandise and posters and Yeah. I mean A lot of cool exclusive stuff. Fright Rags had a lot of cool uh like Halloween mixed with goosebumps type of shirts. Uh you guys got some rad cups. Yeah, I got all those all the exclusive cups and got this sick shirt from sacred bones music by John Carpenter. And what a perfect day to wear it. 
That's right. On the age 45 episode. Uh, yeah, they had a lot of cool vendors there. Um, I felt like we spent the most money going to Mel's diner. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think I ate there four times. It was my last, it was my, my breakfast in LA before I had to go catch my flight back home. I was like, yeah. I'm going back to Mel's. Yeah, you need to. That spot, the, that spot was so good. Got the pin right here. Yeah, baby. Mel's diner. That is so rad. <laughs> but yeah, they had, I mean, we tried to eat as healthy as we could, I feel like. Yeah, we did all right. But there was one, there was one day where we just ate like shit and we were like, we need to, oh, not Halloween related, but we also, as 40 year old virgin fans, oh, visited Smart Tech. <laughs> yes. <laughs> where they filmed, uh, you know, where Steve Carell works in the movie. And right across the street, they actually had like the eBay store where Catherine Keener works, uh, which is now called You Nailed It. Yeah, we found the someone. we found the bookstore where um, Elizabeth, Elizabeth, Banks. Elizabeth Banks works. Yeah, yeah. Found that. We found the little alleyway behind the store where Paul Rudd is chasing Steve Carell. Andy, yeah, nobody the- cares that you're a virgin. <laughs> we found that we spot. Got, we- yeah, Phil took a picture near the loading dock where they're bra- they're talking about the Greek goddess Pusalia. They're breaking <laughs> uh they're breaking lights yeah. on the ground. Uh that was in Encino. I forgot where we went. We had oh my god, those cookies, man. That milk jar cookies. Whew. Yeah, that was good. I was gonna I I will come for those cookies at any point. Um <laughs> let's see, that definitely Definitely takes care of a lot. Uh, do you want to talk about uh, the Warner Brothers tour at all? Um, sure. We probably got to wrap it up. I've been like sort of fighting a cold. If God damn you. No, like I, I'm super congested today. So that's why I, I apologize for clearing my throat 30 fucking times during this episode. But I've been drinking tea and trying to get over something. So. I feel you like you're like Cameron from Ferris Bueller. You think you want to be sick, but you're not sick. No, I promise. <laughs> I've been like clearing my throat this whole fucking time. And yeah. All right, at least, at least we didn't catch anything on the way back. I was kind of, I was kind of hoping that we didn't like, you know, being in close quarters with all those disgusting humans at Universal and Warner Brothers and the airports. I think maybe I, is it possible, like, say you're traveling, like, maybe you don't get the flu, but you get, like, a like a diet version of the flu. Like the Dr. <laughs> like Pepper 10 calorie. It's not <laughs> it's not full calorie, but you get a little something. Is that de- I mean, I feel like it is. Like, you could feel run down because we definitely moved around a whole lot. So you could just feel, like, completely out of it. Yeah. And, dude, when I... Finally flew back home, which, by the way, my first night in my bed, I thought I was like, oh, man, this can feel so good. I was like, it's so quiet in here. I can't hear the traffic of the 101 at night. I can't hear the birds (laughs) and the fucking crickets chirping. Look at you knowing all the names of the highway. Speaking of highway. I took the 101 up to the 405, (laughs) got off at Sepulveda. You should just take the 10, Sepulveda. <laughs> Sepultura Boulevard. Just take Sepultura Boulevard all the way up to Bird's Eye View, man. Laurel Canyon. Get out of here. Out there. You motherfuckers cannot drive in California. Dude. 
I will never. Who is com- having an aneurysm every ten seconds? I will never complain about Raleigh traffic ever again. <laughs> I saw it was some- something else. It was something to behold. My favorite moment. This was the day after you left. Okay, I was going through a neighborhood. I was at a four-way stop. Four stop signs. I pull up to the stop sign. To the right, down the street, there's a car coming. I'm like, okay, I'm about to turn left, but of course they're going to stop because they have a stop sign. Makes nope. sense. Just kept fucking going through the intersection, and I, I didn't even lay on my horn. I was just <laughs> watching how <laughs> shitty of a driver they are. I was just like, wow, holy fuck. Oh, what is with you, the drivers out here? <laughs> seriously, every time we were on like the highway, or we were just looking in amazement at how people were operating their vehicles. They're, they were braking, not putting on their blinker. Every time like you would hit the gas, you'd have to hit the brakes immediately because people just don't move. They just don't go. If you buy a car in California, they, in, they take out the blinkers for you. They're like, you don't need these. <laughs> Everyone should there. have like the rubber bumper because <laughs> you're going to get into an accident. It's inevitable. Yeah, so once I got back to Raleigh, even in like five o'clock traffic, I said, eh, this isn't so bad. Yeah, it feels normal. It feels good. Yeah. Yeah, one last thing before we start wrapping it up. Uh, yeah, and by the way, I'm uh, sure we'll talk. I'm sure we'll think of more shit to talk about throughout the next episodes, but yeah, my fucking throat is just like wearing down, so. Apologies, everybody. <laughs> you want to you want to wrap it up now? Uh, no. What were you about to say? <laughs> uh, I was just gonna feel like we should say a little something about the uh, Warner Brothers tour because that was really fucking cool. I don't know if I mean anyone listening. I this is like we're gonna sound really excited because we've never done this before. <laughs> being on like in a soundstage and being in those towns that like these super talented people build up just for these movies was just like a fucking trip. Like we had yeah. the best tour guide, Georgia, ever. Georgia, just sweet old Georgia Brown, sweet old Southern lady. Yeah, she, was, she was great. She was the best. Um, yeah, she was dry. Like we saw, I mean, sure. If you've anyone's have had bad, 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 bad. I guess <laughs> that was a, What's that? An immediate brain fart. My God. <laughs> you malfunctioning over there? Yeah, my tongue got tied. You're like, like when uh, the fembots and Austin Powers started malfunctioning. <laughs> like smoke starts coming out. I was thinking of uh, Mike Myers and the, the British thong. So my head just started freaking out. <laughs> no, uh, if anyone has been to uh, Warner Brothers Studio and on the tour, uh, they would know. I don't, I don't know if it's the same stuff that they bring you through, but maybe it is. Uh, but they show you like all the friends locations, all the Gilmore girls locations. They show you all the stuff from like James Dean movies and how like every building is like made out of wood and it's not real. And it's just like, again, going back to the detail that like movie magic, that movie magic is real. There was a little bit of, horror history though i mean the church from the lost boys where the frog brothers fill up their canteens that was uh that church was still there uh the house from gremlins yeah where the old lady on the wheelchair gets flung out the window which also double it was it was just crazy i loved how um 
you know, everything they went through, like the towns and stuff like that, it all depend. Like it's wild to go back and watch these movies and realize that it's the same set, but just use different times, different settings, different cities. And it's all about how they like dress it. It's just, and it doesn't even look like that. Like, yeah, I think next time we should do the, um, the universal tour because I mean, you could see like, um, one of the houses that was used for house of thousand corpses or yeah. uh, the burbs. Like that's the same neighborhood, I believe. Oh, cool. And it's like right down the street from the Munster's house. It's all in the same, it's like same sort of thing. It's just a giant studio lot. We got it. We got to do that. I could, it's so worth the money and it wasn't even that much, but it was just incredible. Like, yeah. Thanks to Vanessa for getting that. Um, local discount <laughs> hell yeah maybe she has that parking pass yeah um yeah like and then and then they took us into the sound stage and you realize just how like you don't know anything <laughs> about how a movie is made because they have an abundant amount of lights and they can make it look any any time of day just with those lights inside and you can't hear you could murder, you could mass murder people in that fucking soundstage and no one will ever know. It is so quiet Yeah. in that. You can't even hear the highway, you can't hear anything, you can't hear the highway. Is And there's numerous sound stages on that lot and it was wild to uh, to see it. Like, it would be so cool to like just like work in a fake city. I thought you were going to say spend the night there or something. That too. <laughs> yeah. I would love to, they had the... Uh, we they took us past the New Line uh, building. Yeah, where really they had cool like all the Freddy and Jason stuff that we didn't get to see. Yeah, I would have loved. They also, I would have loved to hop out and go back to that. And they also showed us one of the one of the movie theaters with the big marquee in one of the, down one of the fake streets was the uh, using the House of Wax with uh, Vincent Price. Yeah, uh, which was awesome to hear. Like. Just classic stuff like that. Like this lot has been used for decades and it's still being used today. It's just real crazy. The rich history that's there. Yeah. And we nearly got kicked out at the very end of the <laughs> Warner Brothers tour. Um, so after. Listen, a- man, <laughs> after Georgia dropped us off, she was like, OK, you can go in here. And that's where they have like the Batmobiles and all that kind of stuff. So Georgia said, bye. It's been great having y'all. Thank you, Georgia. <laughs> um, so we Love go in. Georgia. Yeah, we go inside and <clears throat> to this entire other part where they have all this Batman stuff and lots of action movie props and costumes. And at one point, Doug was like, wow, the Superman's crotch is like really <laughs> things really bulging. I was, like, prominent. I was like, oh, you should go get a picture with it. And all you did was just point to it and kind of make like a ha ha face. You didn't like have your didn't like have your mouth open or whatever. But this I'll call her lady. Um, She was about 30 feet away and she worked there and I could see her eyeballing us the whole time. Like she didn't like us from the jump. Like she took one look at us and was like, oh, they're going to be trouble. I didn't even realize she saw us like when we tried to initially when she was giving her speech outside, I thought she told everyone to come in and I went to go for the door and she literally shoved me 
She's yeah. like, nope, 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 nope. I was like, yeah, okay, sorry. Very like, rude. She was like, know. these people have to leave now. And it's like, okay, well, we didn't know that. So I thought uh, she was telling us to start the tour was starting and to walk to follow her. Yeah. So right away, I was like, oh, okay. I, I see what we're dealing with here. Um, so whatever. But, you know, 20 minutes later, this is the same lady that's just eyeballing us. I take the picture of Doug and she comes walking over and she's like, the thing is, and she's like hitting her fucking fist into her hand while she's saying that she's like, this is a family establishment and we won't tolerate that kind of stuff. I will call the manager and have you thrown out immediately. We were like, I, I was like, okay. And she was like, I, I know you don't care. It's like, lady, what the fuck are you talking about? She was just on a power trip from hell. Yeah. And that by the line, way, that line really pissed me off. By the way, there were no kids around. It was just Zero. me and Doug. And oh my God, he pointed at Superman's crotch and made a ha ha face. So it whatever. wasn't even that. It wasn't even that bad. No, we were just having fun. And I understand, I understand where she's coming from, but the way she said it, just, that we don't care. I was like, lady, you don't know me or Phil yeah. or Vanessa. We care. All you have to do is say like, that's not allowed. Like you don't have to point at his dick, but she was like, I know you guys don't give a shit. Like we're, yeah, we're in our thirties. We actually do give a shit, but like, we're also having a good time. Like, like that lady is a miserable, sad fuck. Okay. You know, she, she just, go, goes home and fingers herself and cries. I, ugh, I don't want to picture that. Good God. And then the um, man, the uh, she told the manager, and the manager was looking at us the whole time. And I oh, was no, like, I'm the, not doing anything. It, it wasn't like, a manager. It, it <laughs> was like some other kid that worked there. And she was like, keep an eye on them. So we'd walk over here. Here he comes. Walk over here. Comes around the corner. Yeah, we're not going to fondle every superhero suit. It was just funny that Superman had a fucking hog on him. We <laughs> thought it'd be funny to take a picture. And that was it. We were interested in everything else. We're film fans. We're not degenerates. I mean, kind of, but it was well, just funny. She did not like us. That's for sure. No, not at all. We don't like her either. Well, I guess we can go ahead and wrap this up in a bit. Um, yeah, let's yeah. do it. Sorry again, everybody. I realize my voice is hot trash right now. Um, But I do want to. This is something I didn't tell you. So. When I went to the airport to like take my flight back, I had like an hour to kill or something. So I get a coffee and like 20 feet away, they have this grand piano set up. And this guy is just just a guy that was, you know, waiting to catch a flight. He's playing like the most beautiful shit I've ever heard. Like he must be a professional musician or something. But <clears throat> it was just one of those moments where I was like reflecting on the trip, yeah. enjoying a coffee and this beautiful music is playing. And it like nearly brought a fucking tear to my, <laughs> you ever have those moments in life where you're like, ah, fuck life is pretty good. Yeah. You know? yeah. You know what I did? Um, Those moments are always cool when you could, uh, after and, a vacation. And by the way, when he was done, everybody started clapping. That was in the coffee yeah. shop, including me. I was. That's amazing. I should have. It's like a good old fashioned busker in New York City or something. Just yeah. like sitting down, playing some stuff. 
for no money at all, just doing it for fun. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that. I love yeah. that story. It was just a yeah. great little moment. That was an LAX? Yeah. Are you must we were in different terminals. Oh, probably. Yeah. Uh but yeah, I those moments are always fucking cool after after a trip and you realize like everything is done and you could kind of relax a bit like it's finally time to decompress and I was sitting on the when I got on the plane, I was just sitting there like that was a really really fun trip. Like Yeah. You know, sometimes when you go on trips with people or travel, like some people just can't coexist, you know, mm-hmm. uh, especially staying like multiple days with each other. And some people get on your nerves, but like we didn't have any fucking issues. It was super fun all the way through. We were hanging. We were seeing people. We were going out and doing things. We met John Carpenter. Met John Carpenter. <laughs> I, all I thought about, I literally looked at that picture on at takeoff. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I was just like, you know what? And like, it was your first time going to the West Coast. I was pretty proud of myself for my anxiety throughout the whole trip. And I was like, this is a, this was a, like, this was a memorable piece of history in our, in our lives. I feel like. Yeah, absolutely. And <clears throat> for some reason, I was like kind of nervous for you and John to meet just because <clears throat> you never expect certain friends to meet. And I'm like, oh, fuck, I hope this, I mean, you're both cool people and I had no doubts, but there's always like, man, we're all going to be living together basically for an extended period of time. But yeah, John, no, we're pretty different. Yeah. Um, you're both very unique people. And I mean, nothing but positive things about that. I know nobody like John and I <laughs> certainly know nobody like you. You are one of a kind. <laughs> <laughs> I, I appreciate that. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but no, John John is I love John. John is super cool. We were, you know, we would like talk in the morning sometimes when you were still like snoozing and we were just bullshitting. Yeah. Uh I forgot where you were, but we were watching some workaholic. I don't know what I think you're on the phone with Ashley, maybe, and we were watching like just YouTube shit. Yeah. But like he's a cool dude. I love John. He's a super cool guy. Brenna is also awesome, and I I I honestly can't thank them enough for like letting us stay there yeah save oh fifteen hundred two thousand bucks yeah. or whatever yeah and like it was it was no no problems whatsoever it was a fu- it was a banging time yeah also i did want to i did want to want to share one more story yeah go ahead before we get out of here because i was just looking through my notes and we need to get this out here okay so it's another thing at warner brothers so you walk through this one building and they had like the VFX stuff and you saw how they layered certain scenes. And then they have this one portion where they, you know where I'm going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Looking right down the barrel, baby. So yeah, there's one portion where they allowed you to experience like voiceover work. Right. So you would go into a booth and they'd have the scene on the screen for you. A guy pops up there and he explains what you do. You know, you you know, you get the line in your head. You see how the mouth is moving and you match it up. And you pick between a couple scenes. One was Harry Potter that I did, and yeah. then yeah, then one the was uh, one was the Matrix, and we were like, 
What would Morpheus sound like if he had Owen Wilson's voice? Yeah. Phil got in that booth and laid it down. (laughs) (laughs) You got to send me that video. I need to find it. For some reason, the video that I have in my camera roll is just the lead up to it. I think I posted the rest on Instagram. So I need to look through my, my archive or whatever and download it. Cause I'm going to, I'm going to do that after here. I'm going to do that after. Okay. We, we or maybe off. Vanessa took it. I don't know. I, I could have sworn I, we might've both taken it, but I definitely remember holding <laughs> the phone up and dying laughing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Cause after, the, the after you record it, they play it back and they're like, now yeah. let's watch the scene. And it's Morpheus talking. Well, no, uh, Neo, was like, no, sorry, Morpheus. Yeah, it's Morpheus. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> you sure this time? Do you? <laughs> I can't do the Owen voice right now. My voice is shit. He's like, oh, you have that rasp. Do you want to <laughs> take the red pill or the blue pill? Come on, <laughs> or something like that. It was that. genius because the camera cut away because obviously Morpheus doesn't say wow. Yeah, the camera yeah. cut away at the perfect time where like it looks like he says it off camera, and you're like, yeah. this is that was gold. It was gold. I should have done, dude. I could have stayed in that booth all fucking day. I wish you would have dubbed the whole movie as Owen Wilson. I could have done a Jason Statham. <laughs> now you want the blue pill or the red pill? I'm going to kick you in the throw ho, dude. Did you see the Beekeeper trailer? Yes, with Jason Statham. Yes. Holy shit! Holy shit! What is that? Uh- I don't know. Negative just, or positive? <laughs> it just is. It's like, of course this movie's happening. I yeah, want to go see that, it. You know who uh, who wrote it or directed it? Who? David Ayer. What's he done? Uh, he did the shitty Suicide Squad. He did End of Watch. He did that orc cop movie with Will Smith uh, on Netflix. Whatever the fuck. Bright, it was yeah, called. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's not my favorite filmmaker, but... I mean, judging from this trailer, this movie could have came out in 2005 or today. Do you think um, <clears throat> Jason Statham's going to have one-liners related to bees? I really, really hope so. Well, looks like that stung a bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got a lot of honey for you over here. <laughs> hey, why don't you beehive yourself? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Are those black and yellow stripes? Are you just happy to see me? He I don't takes, know what that means. He takes like <laughs> he takes one of those fucking smoke guns that they use on the bees and like goes into a room. I really hope there's a portion in this movie where someone puts like a net of bees on him and he's like, "Oh no, not the bees!" <laughs> Nicholas Cage, Wicker Man, come on! Yeah, of course. But come they, on! But. The- but they don't attack uh, Jason Statham. He's like, oh, no, they're afraid of him. Ah, uh, yeah, I'm losing Jason my mind. Statham the new Chuck Norris. You might want to put some honey on that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I. Why don't you little busy bees fly away? <laughs> now, if you excuse me, I'm gonna go make some more tea, and I'm gonna pour some honey in it. Yeah. Because my yeah. throat is shit right now. You got that. Wow, that was a very meta moment. Hey, gotta think on the fly. Or the bee. Hey, 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 hey. I don't know. <laughs> Be real. <laughs> um, but yeah, we are going to go ahead and wrap this up. 
Um, thank you so much for listening. We will be back soon, I promise, for an Exorcist review. We're going to have a quick turnaround. Absolutely. Let's Can't not work out our work schedules on the podcast, talking about when we can podcast in the future. Are you itching your ass right now? No, my back. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> you I wish I was itching my ass. I'm going to go put some honey on your asshole. <laughs> Looks like you need some cortisone for that sting. Yeah? <laughs> oh, yeah, that'll take a sting out. <laughs> Looks like a real stinger. <laughs> I don't know any more beep bonds. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I got to think of some. <laughs> Keep your eyes out for the sequel, The Pollinator. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> okay. I'm going to knock the pollen out of your asshole, eh? <laughs> I hope you're not allergic to my feet. He's going to be like, <laughs> pew, 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 buzz off. <laughs> <laughs> that That's the tagline for the seagull. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. Let's get out of here, Doug. <laughs> this, is Se- this is Seinfeld's the B-movie seagull. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much what for listening. We will catch you on the next one. Doug, I love you very much. Love you, Daddy-O. Love y'all.